Hello and welcome to episode 115 of Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode with Max Bulger of the Otis Wolves. If you're one of the people who checked out the conversation, I hope you enjoyed it, and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now today on the show, we got my friend Jeff Betton, and for those of you that don't know Jeff, he is the general manager of Mizra Records, president of Wild Kindness Records, a appreciator of Kanye West, and apparently my therapist because we talk way too much about myself during this episode, but we did also talk to Jeff a lot about Jeff things, including the things that I just mentioned and some other stuff as well. It's a music talk. It's start the beat. You know how it goes. You've listened to it before, I think. Maybe if you haven't, I don't know what I'm doing. But Jeff's a nice guy, and you're going to like this conversation. So how about I stop rambling, and we get on with it. Yes. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat. they do it's okay Okay. you know it's the beauty of this not being live is that if something were to happen you know if something caught on fire or somebody broke through the window batman (laughs) i could edit it and then nobody would ever know the batman was here editing but chances are if batman was here we'd probably you know want to plug in another microphone and ask him how his day is going yeah how's your day going jeff i've always been inspired by you sykes (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm, I'm glad that your uh opening voice on this podcast is like your uh your best cannibal corpse impression (laughs) that was that was my that was my christian (laughs) bail same thing (laughs) all right so we are at your office or yeah. this is a conference room in where your office is located. Yes. yes. I'm in the, the back. You're back so. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a very nice room. There's some exciting light bulbs that the people aren't going to see. <laughs> but for anybody that doesn't know you, let's give like a brief introduction. You know, why do you have, why does Jeff have an office in a building with fancy light bulbs? Why am I even on your podcast right now? <laughs> yeah. What, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> why am I here? Um, well, you're here to talk to me. You're my friend. <laughs> exactly. And what do you do, Jeff? My name is Jeff Betton. I am the general manager of Misra Records. Nice. I'm also the president of Wild Kindness Records. Nice. Now, is there some sort of like a conflict of interest being a part of two different independent record things? Like, like why aren't they one entity? I'm kind of curious about that. Like, what's the deal? We just keep them separate for aesthetic reasons. They're mm. actually one company still. Okay. We brought... I came over from Wild Kindness and 
we made that a subsidiary of Mizra. Okay, so it's to kind of just like market to different demographics and not exactly. make things confusing. Exactly, yeah. Like like uh, like Starbucks and Tivana. <laughs> That's like the, the most awful comparison I could make right now. I don't um, know. Yeah, yeah whatever. Sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> so how long has all of this, that kind of stuff been going on? I've been in charge of Wild Kindness since 2013. I took over uh, Mizra very end of 2014, right at the beginning of 2015. Cool. Taking it all back. Let's mm-hmm. let's start at the beginning. Sure. You know, because you've been alive longer than since 2013. Yes. <laughs> what were you doing pre-Wild Kindness? Well, I've always been a musician. Okay. Uh, you know, since fifth grade, I was a yeah band geek, and then just doing the rock thing, just kind of doing just like a lot of projects. And then I, uh, Wild Kindness existed since two thousand eight, and so I was aware of it through Andre Costello, and was kind of looking. The I'll take I'll give you the whole story. Yeah, sure. That's why we're here. <laughs> um, we were looking at signing to Wild Kindness when it folded. The previous owner's name is David. He was just like, well, sorry, we're going out of business. It was fun while it lasted. And okay, so a band that you were in was looking to sign yes. to Wild Kindness. Mm-hmm. What band was this? Uh, well, it was called Western Pennsylvania. Okay. It wasn't really a band. It was just more of a recording project, okay. I guess. Okay, cool, yeah. And so I said, well, can I take over the, <laughs> the record label for you? <laughs> I just asked him, and nice. he said, "Yeah," and I and I bought it off him for a thousand bucks, and there we go. Okay, so did you uh, end up putting out that Western Pennsylvania album? Yeah, I um I didn't put it out on vinyl like I originally wanted to because I ended up spending the money on other people's records. Sure, but it's uh it's out there. It's on Spotify. It's on Bandcamp. Cool. Um, I'll probably release it in physical format someday. Did you have any sort of an idea of the? like monetary undertaking <laughs> that you were like getting yourself into being like, oh, yeah, I got a thousand bucks. I'll buy this company. Like I'm set. And then all of a sudden it's just like, uh, or were you like, did you have an idea? No, I, well, my idea was to, it, wild kindness was this super low fi super DIY record label. And that's what I really liked about it. It was very cool. And I kind of wanted to keep that going, but then I just kept getting <laughs> more vicious, or at least wanted to just keep trying sure. new things. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and I, people started asking me about vinyl. And so I looked into vinyl and started spiraling. And yeah, we just started doing more and more, started hiring publicists and started growing the scope of each release. So. <laughs> yeah. So is this like the leap of faith, as some would say? Or were you like really confident that, you know, this was what you're going to do? Or did you not necessarily intend to make this like a full-time thing at first and then it just kind of snowballed into that? Yeah, until you had that last option, I, w- I was going to say <laughs> none of the above. Yeah, cause... yeah, yeah. So you, you kind of just had like uh, casual expectations going yeah, into it. It's, sure. it. It's a lot easier to sound like I was brave now, but the truth is I just... <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what's some stuff on Mizra that I might be familiar with? You'd probably be familiar with uh, the Great Lakes Swimmers. You might be familiar with Destroyer, because uh, Dan Behar is also into new pornographers. Oh, okay. You might be familiar with All Come All Ride, a first record by Phosphorescent. Uh, you might be familiar with Hallelujah the Hills or Centromatic. Um, 
you might be familiar with Emily Rogers, a local Pittsburgh artist. Sure. <laughs> okay. So is Mizra based out of Pittsburgh then? We're a little bit scattered. Okay. Uh, we have uh, team members in D.C., team members in Denver, our uh, distributors in North Carolina. Cool. So. How did you get linked up with them then? Well, it was all through uh, my predecessor in this job. Uh, he was actually in Dayton, Ohio, so he wasn't centralized either. But there's a strong uh, Ohio connection between Wild Kindness and Mizra between those two guys. And so they had been working together, and it wasn't so much, again, the financial aspects of it, but more the enthusiasm from taking over Wild Kindness and just the ability to just go for it. Sure. I guess you might say the gumption. <laughs> yeah. Putting yourself out there, doing whatever it takes, yes. good attitude, shaking hands, meeting people, and just taking advantages of opportunities as they come your way. Sure. Yeah. And um, so that was that's all to say that when a uh, gentleman, Leo DeLuca, who was in this job before me, was he was taking an academic job. So he, he just saw what I was doing with Wild Kindness appreciated the effort and the hustle and he recommended me for the job so here we are super cool so were you just like jazzed on that <laughs> it, it was it was hard to, uh, to say no to the offer but i did take wild kindness with me underneath that as as part of the deal i wasn't trying to like abandon this thing that you had brought up yeah exactly i wasn't trying to build my career on the backs of you know these poor you know local musicians <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so Wild Kindness is underneath like the Mizra umbrella, then, mm -hmm. is what you're telling me. And mm -hmm. Mizra has been active since the late 90s. Yes. Mm -hmm. Did not know this. <laughs> Blowing my mind. Cool. So, you yourself as a musician, mm -hmm. what up with that? You still playing stuff? <laughs> you uh, making time to like write and record, playing shows, or are you just like more focused on like, managing all this other stuff. They're, they're, I'm still working on it. There's going to be some stuff coming probably next year sometime. Okay, so you want to talk about that? Or yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a 7-inch. Um, like solo stuff, stuff with a band? Uh, it's going to be a solo project probably, but it's going to be with a band. Okay, cool. So I'm not totally sure. It's probably just going to be a one-off for fun Yeah, just to kind of get back in. Then mm -hmm. maybe another full length later. I have to plan that out. Yeah, totally. Do you... um? Have a lot of time to like sit down and play and write stuff now, or no, just not really. Constantly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. If I'm if I'm not working, there's something I should be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you one hundred and fifty thousand uh, percent. The thing that kills me personally, it doesn't kill me. I do like it, but sometimes I think about it and it bums me out a bit. Is that I'm coming to realize now that like being an independent artist is like 25% creating. <laughs> Maybe if you're lucky and yeah. then the rest of your time is really like hustling and learning the business and figuring out how to get the stuff out there. It's like all I want to do is make music. Does it bum you out that you can't have enough time to It does it bums me out a little bit but I understand. Mm -hmm. I'm fully fully aware of why. Right. You know, I spent a long time just Record an album, put out an album, play a couple shows. Record an album, put out an album, play a couple shows. That's it, you know, like cool, like yeah, live with the dream. <laughs> right. But then I changed that, you know, I really right. focused hard on promoting stuff and mm -hmm. tried to get my head in that game 
and now my sure. head's there, <laughs> and it's not coming back out, but I do miss just like the amount of time that I've had. I used to have just recording music. Sure. But recently, like I told you before we started recording, yeah. I've started re- recording a new album. I self-record yeah. all my stuff, yeah. so... And it, it felt so awesome, actually, because I'm like setting aside the time now to record, and I'm in the room just working on beats and right. tracking stuff out. And I'm like, this is great. Mm-hmm. I love this feeling of just like making stuff again and not, you know, spending all night sending emails or right. working on my uh, scheduling my social media for the right. week. Because that's <laughs> a thing that I do. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Social media. I, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about it. You want to talk about social media? <laughs> I, I know it's important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say you have good. You do have good social media numbers, so you should be applauded for that. Thank you. Thank you. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I'm on it all the fucking time, so there better be some. Well, that, goddamn. <laughs> better be some. Shakes fist. <laughs> this would actually be a really good segue, sure. kind of. Going into social media because I do want to talk about it. Cool. It's important business. I like talking business. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you picked up Wild Kindness, mm-hmm. were you much of a computer social media business, like music business at all type of person? Because I know I asked you about like the finances, if you knew mm-hmm. what that was going to be like. But did you also have any idea what like promoting all of this stuff was going to be like? Kind of. I, I did buy it for the intellectual property. I you know my money got me the Facebook page and the Twitter page and the website like an already established yeah the logo yeah. and the name and just that brand basically and that in those platforms with the uh, the followers and you know mm-hmm. the fans or whatever they're called on each platform. <laughs> We're both thirty one. I'm uh, I guess a digital what do they call it just. Uh, when you're just like natural to it, or digital natives, I suppose is okay. the word for it. Yeah, sure. Uh, it was on the tip of my tongue there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're digital natives. Um, you know, we kind of grew up with the internet and with personal computers, so I'm you know pretty well versed in it. And yeah, I've been promoting bands on Facebook since I've had a profile, and since Twitter and MySpace before that. And you know, I don't think it was that new. I think maybe the uh, the magnitude was. Mm-hmm. I always joke in my bios. I rate well. I was in very unsuccessful bands before I <laughs> realized I was better off helping my friends. You know, I, I analyze a lot, sure, and I do a lot of self analysis. Mm-hmm. And I know that like my strong suits aren't necessarily the ones that I'm pursuing the most. Mm-hmm. For example, I know that I'm a way better producer for like making beats and like recording music for other people and working with other people mm-hmm. than I am with putting my own stuff out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I'm not as good as other people when it comes to being an MC mm-hmm. or like, you know, a vocalist. I know sure. people that are more talented than me. Okay. But I will like very confidently and arrogantly say that I could probably produce beats better than almost anybody that I know. Nice. I know people that are really good and I'm definitely on the level with, but okay. I could like I'm really confident when it comes to that <laughs> stuff. But there's this like ego thing with me too that's like I still want to be in the spotlight. Like I still mm-hmm. wanna rap on mm-hmm. these tracks. I still wanna pursue a solo music career, even though I know I might be better off as a producer for an MC who's better than me. Right. Or maybe I could do both someday. I mean, I've done yeah. 
But then anytime <laughs> I make a good beat, I'm like, I'm keeping that for ah. me. I guess like I'm so visual when it comes to everything. So it's like, you know, I have this idea for a song and then to me it's like I know what kind of lyrics I want on it and then if I want to do a video it's like I mean I've shot and edited my own videos Mm -hmm. I do a lot of my own graphic design work it's like I have like this big picture of this thing Mm -hmm. that I want to do so it all connects and I think that that's probably a problem but it's cool but I'm just so (laughs) like it's only a problem if it's bothering you if you're totally cool (laughs) with it then it's not a problem at all I'm totally cool with it I just think that I'm, I'm well aware that you know maybe Maybe I'd be better off as a producer, but oh. that's not what I want to do. Yeah, well, I think then there that you I'd go. Be better off like financially or like some oh. sort of like success. Maybe not financial success, but but there's yeah, there's multiple kinds of success, like you just alluded to. So. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I've been thinking about a lot lately too. Is what is success? Yeah, you know, I have a job that I like, sure. and I have good people in my life. Mm-hmm. I get to do cool things. I just kind of sure. do whatever I want. I'm rambling. No, no. I'm thinking I'm uh, this is about you. <laughs> Stop talking about this isn't the Brian Howe podcast. We can make it about you. Dude. We Start can make, the beat with Jeff. We could be We could kind of be like a Mark Marin thing where like you, we just talk through your issues and you just have a different <laughs> guest every every week. Oh. I'm here I'm here to help, man. You know, that's what I, I do. I help this, people. I think it's this room. It's just like <laughs> I feel like obligated to like verbally Discuss my resume while sitting at this table right now. <laughs> that's that's the trick. You come in here and do you, do you feel all right? Like do you? Oh no, yeah, I do feel good. I do feel good. I will say, I mean, I do a lot of podcasts in other people's spaces. Okay, this is probably one of like the nicer ones. That's one of the reasons I like running, you know, space here is because it's very, um, we can go back and check out the spot later too. Like it's a lot of natural lighting and just, um, it's just open plan and you get to interact with a lot of people. And it just like the space itself kind of inspires creative work, I suppose. Yeah. There's a lot of startups in here. Yeah. I love the ideas of spaces like this. I haven't seen this place yet. I'm looking I'm looking down the hallway. It looks cool. Yeah, well, but, I mean, I'll give re- you the grant. I should have given it to you before. Sorry. <laughs> That's all good. But like I said, this reminds me a lot of work hard. Yeah, exactly. And I would love to have a space like that. You know, mm-hmm. I have a really good setup at home. Sure. But there's just something about like being out and around other people. You know, it's mm-hmm. like anytime I could like go to a coffee shop and work for the day or right. something like that. I'm just so much more into that. Mm-hmm. Do you relate with that? Well, that's exactly why I'm here because you know I, you know I could very easily just be you know working from my bed seven days a week, but it's hard to not watch Netflix when you're doing that. Sure, <laughs> if you have to kind of get out of the house and you have to interact with people like a normal human, then you get a little more done. I find. Yeah, I just love being. In the city and around other people, you Me know, yeah. like it's weird. Like I actually was just thinking about this because, like, I took the bus down here. Mm-hmm. I don't have a car, okay, and but I like taking the bus. I like being cool. like seeing like the life around me and seeing right what's on. like in the city and just like being a part of it. Right, like, I yeah. really, really like that that aspect so much. And I was just like, you know, thinking about like, you know, I got off work. Went to Tram's Kitchen, mm-hmm. got okay, some dinner, nice. hopped on the bus down here, got all my little podcast stuff in my book bag. It's yeah. a Friday night. I'm just like, <laughs> this is the life, kind of. Like, I'm just sure, just, sure, just going for it. Hell like, yeah. I just like rather than like being so like, I don't know, like 
I'm in my car, get from one place quick to the other. I don't know. I guess there's efficiency in that. But well, there's like, give and takes to everything. Yeah. But you're making a very excellent <laughs> case for your chosen method, though. Sure. I try to like limit my social media use to times that I'm on the bus. Okay, that's you know? healthy. It always ends up being something else. You know, you <laughs> I get a goddamn notification. And then like, oh, I open up my phone, Facebook opens up. And it doesn't take you straight to the notification. It takes mm. you to the news feed. So it can give oh, you a chance to get right. distracted. And then I see something that somebody posted and then I start scrolling and then like five minutes go by. And I'm like, God damn it, Brian. Is face- the point. Is Facebook becoming like the new grocery store where they put the bread and the milk in the back? <laughs> because they know you're going to have to walk through the entire store? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's pretty genius, actually. Oh, they. I oh, mean, it's diabolical, but it's genius. Oh, they know what they're doing. Them, them Facebook people. They got. They know what they're doing. They got a lot of money to spend on R and D to kind of research our habits mm. and figure out how to best exploit them. So <laughs> now, kind of going back into Misra Records, just for a sure. second. Mm-hmm. I know that Mars Jackson is yeah. a part of Misra mm-hmm. Records. Yeah, Mars Jackson is a hip hop artist. Sure, he is a. Pittsburgh peer of mine who yes. I have I've I've never actually met Mars. Oh, he's a great guy. You'd I'm like sure him. I'm sure he's awesome, yeah. you know. But kind of curious about working with Mars Jackson sure. and uh working with like hip hop. Sure. Cuz I don't know if this was like something that was that new to you? Had you worked with hip hop artists prior to Mars Jackson? This is my first hip hop album, but yeah, I like hip hop, so it it wasn't a stretch for me mentally to uh decide to sign him and I, well, I signed him based on the person um, when we did it and the, the city paper called me about it I told him the same thing it's not like I was looking at our social media demographics and I said you know what we need we need a hip hop artist sure 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 <laughs> or I didn't wake up one morning I was like you know what I really I got a hankering to sign a hip hop artist today <laughs> yeah I um I, yeah, I heard him on WESA. He had an interview with Larkin Page Jacobs. I'd never heard of him before. I'm not super into the to the local hip hop scene, um, so I checked him out on SoundCloud. Um, I really liked what I heard. I you know, don't listen to a lot of local hip hop, but I thought this guy's really cool. I sent him a Facebook message and said, "Hey, if you ever want a deal, I'll I'll work with you. I'd be happy to." We kind of did some backs and forth. Uh, we met right here, and uh, yeah, signed him to an album because. Yeah, it was thought it'd be fun. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. Um, I have yet to meet Larkin Page Jacobs. I don't know her in person, but if I did, that would be the number one thing. I should ask Mars too because I'm really curious how that interview came about because they oh, don't. Okay. I don't know if you listen to NPR a lot, but they don't do a lot of local stories on the local music scene. Yeah. I mean, they do some. They do local stories, but they're not interviewing. Um, you know, Chet sure. Vincent, the big band, and are not in interviewing yeah. Morgan Arena. <laughs> I guess, well, I mean, that's kind of like you know, uh, like a weird thing. And this is nothing against Mars Jackson sure. or the radio or anything like that. But like Mars Jackson, I told you, you know, I've I've never met him. Sure. And you know, I'm reasonably involved in the local hip hop scene. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people who are in Pittsburgh doing stuff that. You know, get these opportunities, and then like they pop up, and it's just kind of like, like who who is this? <laughs> like I've never heard of him, you know. And obviously, you look online; it's like this is somebody who's been active, yeah. And they're obviously doing stuff. <laughs> it's just like you know, people get this really 
bad idea that like, you know, Pittsburgh's a small city sure. and it is in some ways, sure. but in a lot of ways it isn't. And this mm-hmm. is a perfect example. You know, people get into their bubbles mm-hmm. and they think that their bubble is all that the city has to offer. Sure. And then, you know, something like this happens, you know, where like I see Marge Jackson, I'll, you know, all of a sudden seeing this name, <laughs> I'm like, who is this person? It's like, oh yeah, the city's huge. There's thousands of people doing tons of creative stuff here yeah. and you don't know everybody. That's what I love about your shows. You kind of have that running theme through a lot of your episodes. You bring that up with a lot of people, and I always appreciate that because that's exactly how I feel. And yeah, as far as I'm concerned, why shouldn't we sign a, a hip hop artist if if he's amazing? And why can't we put him on a bill with meeting of important people? You know, it's yeah. <laughs> you never know what type of music somebody likes. Sure, sure. And most people like all kinds of different music. Oh yeah. So I think it, that's the number one response you'll get <laughs> if you like if you ask someone point blank what kind of music do you listen to. <laughs> yeah. So I think that you know having these live events mm-hmm. where you have like a mixed genre bill, I think sure. it creates like a better atmosphere. It brings more people together who mm-hmm. might not hang out. Sure. More opportunity to make new friends that way and yeah. just keep like an event fresh. Sure. <laughs> Going way, way back. All right. What was your first favorite album? Ooh, first favorite album. You know, something by the Beatles, probably. Okay. Uh, you know, we're children of the 80s, so our parents were children of the 60s. So, you know, got the whole Beach Boys collection, all the Elton John records, all the Beatles records. Yeah, so. My parents were actually super young when they had me. Oh, okay. So my mom was like all about like Motley Crue and Poison. Oh, nice. And my dad was <laughs> like Iron Maiden, Megadeth, Metallica. <laughs> So I like grew up on like thrash metal cassette tapes. Well, I got so, I got some new wave in there too. Yeah. Like I've got you know I'm big on the Talking Heads and Devo and Elvis mm-hmm. Costello and you know yeah we didn't we didn't have cable when I was growing up though, okay. so I didn't I was <laughs> I was lost to the world until maybe like 1998 1999 when like TRL was in its heyday. So, nice. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Blink 182. And oh yeah. In sync. The Offspring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Americana. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, you know, I don't. I, I liked uh, the first few Offspring albums. Sure, sure. But you know, it's <laughs> I'm always, not going to defend them. I'm not going to make a case for why they're relevant. I'm just it's laughing al- at my nostalgia. <laughs> it's it's always a question though if like that stuff came out now or if I was the age that I am now, mm-hmm. then sure. would I appreciate it as much? That's or a good is question. it just kind of like this adolescent nostalgia that's mm-hmm. attached to? that stuff yeah that's a good question i don't know i don't think i have an answer for that knowing what i know about like the world that you've been involved in it doesn't seem like you've you didn't take any harsh turns anywhere (laughs) i don't think that you had your uh like new metal phase or anything i never had a metal phase i am uh, a longtime supporter of the roboto project so i know my punk pretty well but uh you know, always kind of kept my nose clean to a relative degree, I suppose you could say. <laughs> well, hey, it's not for everyone. <laughs> for sure. we're, we're just a little differently. You've got some, <laughs> you've got a poor woman who's been split oh, yeah. in half on your shirt. I've got a nice plaid on. <laughs> I think that kind of maybe speaks. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. I mean, hey, I have some nice shirts in my closet. Maybe you have some <laughs> gory shirts in yours that you're trying to hide. That's you, true. You got, a, you got a t-shirt on underneath that button-up. Who knows what's on that thing? <laughs> well, it's just a white undershirt, but uh, 
Just plain, plain, plain. <laughs> I know that... That's, that's true. I shouldn't judge you. <laughs> no, hey, you know, whatever. You know, I have, I have an affinity for Japanese horror art. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's that's fine. That's hey, nothing wrong with that. It would have really blown my mind if you would have showed up in it like a suit and a tie. That would have freaked me out <laughs> a little bit. One thing that I know you do like, and we've talked about it oh, before. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> we've had a lengthy conversation about this that we started oh, yeah. to have oh, some yeah. time ago. <laughs> kind of going back into like different musical uh, influences. Well, and speaking stuff. of Mars Jackson and signing hip hop artists, because you know, love hip hop. So. Yeah, you already know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Yeezy. Oh yeah. Uh, I feel like we should probably get our like ten minutes. Let's do it. Of <laughs> Kanye West talking. Well, you know what? It's I almost. Uh, it's funny that we came in right after the Beatles because I feel, on some extent, a little embarrassed to be such a vociferous fan of Kanye because it's almost like saying, "Yeah, I love the Beatles." It's almost that mainstream and that obvious. Sure. Well, at least to a certain segment, though, which is why it's interesting, because there's a, obviously a large section. He's a popular recording artist that appreciates him, but there's a just as large contingent who clearly does not. But I just find that fascinating. <laughs> you may have heard me say this before on the show, since apparently you've listened to episodes. Oh, yeah. But I will bring this up, because it's, <laughs> it's relevant to right now. Um, when I first started getting into making music, mm-hmm. I was working at Taco Bell. Okay. And I had a friend that I worked at Taco Bell with. I was talking to this person about, you know, trying to figure out what I want to do with music and talking to them about it and being all like, you mm-hmm. know, like, well, I don't know if like, I just want to do stuff that people are going to like, but I want to do stuff that I like and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he was just like, there's people that don't like the Beatles. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> whoa, you're right. <laughs> Because I don't really like the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> well, you know but, what really blew my mind? This, I'm going to sidetrack us real quick here, but it's, it's, I can one-up you on that. Just, okay. I just like, oh, I was like, I can take that one step further, which is going to blow your mind even more. I did this thing. I wrote this letter of support for my, uh, for my high school and uh, their music program because it was going to be cut. Okay. So I wrote this letter of support and then kind of went viral on Facebook to a degree uh, and just like one of my friends left kind of a random innocuous comment where she was just like, oh, that's really great. That was a persuasive argument. I personally don't enjoy music, but I can see why music education is important. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute, you don't like music? Yeah. (laughs) It was really strange. I, I wasn't prepared for that. Reaction. So I, I I know I I know some people that just I guess you can't please everyone though. Yeah, I guess exactly. <laughs> but I do think that the people who don't appreciate Kanye, the people who just think that he's like a loud mouth jerk, are the same people who think that Andy Warhol's just this guy who tricked people by painting soup cans. I think it's oh. the same level. I feel like to fully understand or appreciate somebody like Kanye West. Mm-hmm. You need to have spent some time behind the curtain. I think that's fair. Because once I got into learning how to like promote music and mm-hmm. create little hype trains that don't jeopardize your morals too much as a person, <laughs> and you know, just like playing the game, you know, okay. getting into okay. that world of playing the game, light bulbs start to go off. You know, okay. like it's like always a series of light bulbs, and like you start to like relate things 
to like what you're doing now to things that you've seen other artists do in the past that you didn't sure. understand. Sure. And now you get it. I'm like, oh, I totally understand why that person was doing that thing or marketing mm-hmm. a thing this way. But with Kanye West, I don't know to what we're actually talking about in regards to him, but I think there's a lot that is very genuine. I don't know him personally. I, I'm, not behind, <laughs> I'm not behind that particular curtain, so I, I don't know. But. Well, I think that <laughs> I wasn't speaking necessarily to Kanye West 100%, but just kind of like artists that I've seen in general, uh, just like as with you, I feel like he's super genuine. And I feel like a lot of what yeah, needs to be understood yeah. about Kanye, you can find in the lyrical content of his early material. Mm-hmm. Like he's still that person. Yeah, and I think that is actually, yeah, that I agree with that. I think that's very admirable that he's always wearing his emotions on his sleeve. And I very much admire him. He's a symbol for me for perseverance and just to just continue to reinvent yourself and to never give up. And I think, yeah, if you're talking about being behind the scenes, especially as an artist, you that's someone who you can look to. It's so hard for me sometimes, though, with an artist like Kanye West, talking about like going through some type of like emotional hardships and Mm. it's just like but you're Kanye West I'm not inside his head so it's like well that's the same as every as every well celebrity but also person of note it not necessarily celebrity but just I guess we could say famous people in general Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's the same for everyone. It's kind of a cliche at this point, but yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter who you are. Like I think of uh, like a Kanye West, like writing okay. like really like personal stuff, or somebody like Drake, who supposedly sure. writes really personal music. I mm-hmm. don't know. A allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, he writes pretty personal music. There's like this weird level where, as like an underground artist, I find that it's hard for me to get people to be interested in listening to like super personal stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe that's just because like nobody knows who I really am. So they're not interested in what's personal to me. Well, but your stuff is pretty personal, but it's in a way that is also, you know, autobiographical. So I think maybe you're selling yourself short because I think at least, you know, for this listener, it's a way to kind of get to know you a little better. I think maybe you're looking at it from the wrong vantage point. Yeah, maybe, you know, because I think that sometimes I I worry about, like, if I'm being too personal or if I'm talking about, like, certain subject matter that maybe nobody necessarily wants to hear. And, like, you know, whether it's something that I want to do. It's like like right now, like, I have, like, a song that I wrote Mm -hmm. about my family. Sure. It's very personal. Sure. It was felt great to get it off my chest. Right. But now, like sometime kind of after it's the dust has settled and I'm looking at this song as an outsider, I'm like, you know, is this something that the rest of the world really wants to hear? Well, it shouldn't be you as the artist. It shouldn't, that shouldn't be your concern. You might be concerned legitimately if you don't want to, you know, if you want to call it putting your family on blast, if that might be a concern, I don't know what the actual lyrical content is, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think as an artist, you should just be able, or you should just be able to just w- put out whatever you need to. I think it's funny, like all of this getting so caught up in, you know, being involved in every aspect of what I do. Sure. Uh, as a side effect, I've started to think about things like that. Like, mm-hmm. how is the lyrical content of this song going to translate to a potential audience rather than just like, 
doing what the artist wants to do. Sure. There's that like business side of me that's like, is this the best marketing strategy for you, Brian? <laughs> the song about your family. Well, I think I think that marketing mentality can go too far. I think it's always healthy to have an ear for a potential single, but I think it can once it starts seeping into your writing process, that might be a little dangerous yeah. because not only for your for your own self, but more practically, you can't predict what people are going to exactly. respond to. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, who knows? The weirdest songs have gone to number one. So you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that. I mean, ultimately, I'm just gonna do whatever I want, yeah, regardless of what it is. But you know, there's just those times when, like, you know, you, you get really self analytical, and I'm just, I'm overthinking everything to a point now that is like. Sure. I don't know. Well, if definitely you, need to take a step back sure. and like chill out. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, well, if you're shy about sharing that with the world, that's one thing. Or if you're trying to respect your family's privacy and not kind of air your laundry to the world, that's another thing. But the third option, which is the one you're talking about, where you're curious or you're worried that they won't be interested, I wouldn't concern that at all. As a creator, you can't create for what you think people are going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're writing jingles. <laughs> yeah. Or like manufactured pop-esque music. Well, yeah. I mean, again, if you're in a room and someone gives you a, you know, a large sum of money and says, we need music that sounds like X, Y, and Z, and you just need to churn it out, then yeah, it's just, it's just a job, but it's not necessarily a creative expression like what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. With you and being a creator, mm-hmm. not not the business Jeff, the creator yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, are you someone who prefers to work alone, or do you like to work with other people? It it, it depends. I'm bringing in extra people for this seven inch that I'm planning, just because it's kind of a way for me to actually finish the project. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. If I if I bring in a ton of people and I tell them, hey, make sure that you know, you're free this weekend, then <laughs> it kind of gives me an impetus to go ahead and follow through with it. Um, yeah, I mean, longer projects. The the Western Pennsylvania project is, uh, it. there's a couple extra people involved. It's not necessarily a solo thing, but it's driven a lot by uh, just more of me than... Uh, the seven inch that we're planning because that's just going to be for fun. Mm-hmm. Do you have a hard time, kind of a like if you're if you have you have a ton of stuff on your plate, mm-hmm. you know, are you somebody that's it's easy for you to kind of maybe like delegate responsibilities to other trusted people, or do you feel like you're the type of person that's like I need to get this all done, I'll stay <laughs> up for the next goddamn five weeks if I have to? Well, you really have to delegate in this kind of job because there's just so much. Even if I wanted to be a total control freak, yeah. I, I wouldn't have the, uh, there wouldn't be enough hours in a day. Uh-huh. So I, yeah, I really have to have a team behind me and we do have a wonderful team. So it's, uh, it's, it's great. I, yeah, I have to be delegating to groups of people at multiple groups of people at a time. <laughs> What's your favorite part of your job? That might be like a really, Dumb question, but like, like, what is like the thing that like fires you up the most about being a general manager <laughs> of a 
established record label. Like, what is like, oh, fuck man. yeah, this is the shit. I mean, I love every minute of it, to be honest with you. But, I mean, if we want to get boiled down to, I guess, maybe two things, and they might be kind of intertwined. It's like, one, I, I love music. Um, you know, I get to do what I love. And not a whole lot of people get to say that. So I think that's pretty awesome. Totally. Um, and the other thing that kind of goes with it is I'm helping people. And I, and I love helping people. I'm kind of shepherding new projects into the world every day and kind of helping them get heard by, you know, hopefully a massive audience. Mm -hmm. Getting music out there mm -hmm. um, in terms of, say, like, I think a huge part of it now, maybe I'm ignorant to this, maybe you could tell me I'm a, I'm a dummy, <laughs> but I feel like a huge part of really getting your music out there now is, like, getting people to, like, review your music, blog posts, and getting things out there that way. Do you feel like that that was like that's the thing? Like what do you think is like the most important thing that like an independent artist or like label should be focused on when putting out a new project? You, you know, unfortunately there's no silver bullet. I mean, if if there was a, if there was a handbook sure. to how they do it. I mean, obviously <laughs> there's not a handbook, but I'm just like But it's not that like I I think the year asking is I was going to say unfortunately getting a 9.5 in pitchfork isn't you know a meal ticket? Yeah, and I think that's kind of what you're getting at. I mean, that's. I would say it, the most important thing because people ask me that a lot. Obviously, um, if I had to pick one thing, I'd just say touring. And I know touring's probably the hardest thing an independent, up and coming, struggling band can do. Yeah. But it's you know, record labels are comprised of people, and people are lazy, <laughs> and they like to have as little work to do as possible. Sure. So if you can make a label's job so much easier by having like, you know, a large existing fan base and all they have to do is, you know, pay for the vinyl, maybe pay for a publicist, you know, a couple other things, whatever you need taken care of and just wind you up and go, then they're super happy. <laughs> they don't like doing extra work if they don't have to. <laughs> have you noticed uh, any sort of differences between like uh marketing a hip hop project with Mars versus other projects that you had done in the past? Well, I mean as far as the websites that you're referring to or the specific publications, there is a little bit of a difference. Mars's album is still coming out. Okay, um, so okay. Obviously we will market that to more of a so hip hop crowd. Yeah, so you haven't really like gotten into like marketing that yet and seeing what like the dynamics of that versus well, of releasing course, an indie rock releases. Yeah, like. and of course, locally, we'll, we'll pitch it to the city paper, oh, totally, the same yeah. as we would any other release. Uh -huh. uh, but more of, on a national scale, there's more of genre considerations. Daily Grind is one that actually has come in the last year that wasn't quite on the same indie rock pop plane. Did you guys put out something for Daily Grind? Yeah, it was called I Did Those Things. Oh, okay. That was under Mizra? Mm -hmm. That came out... I have it right here. That was it was later than I thought. It was May thirteenth. Okay, we were getting that ready in March and cool. April, which I was, I was a, thinking spring of twenty fifteen. Man, they are such a good fucking band. They're great. It's so hard to keep up with what <laughs> everybody is doing, and oh, I'm yeah. trying my it's best. It's tough. It's yeah. it's it's really That's difficult. Good. good for them. I'm glad. Yeah. No, but yeah, just so it's. I mean, well, with all of our deviations, because well, with the the indie pop folk thing that Misra has been known for for you know the better part of two decades now um yeah when I try to shake things up we just have to be mindful of that to a degree uh huh 
So kind of coming up, right? Let's sure. let's 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 throw some promo shit out there. Let's do it before before <laughs> it. Uh, Thank you, Brian. Because we, we know we want to. I appreciate we want people to know what's up, right? Sure. So I see there's a few things coming up here yeah. on this list that you had sent me. So Just conveniently, <laughs> but why don't you tell the people about these things that they should check out? Well, I think everyone should check out a guy from Morgantown called William Matheny. He's a great singer-songwriter, kind of in that Elvis Costello snide singer-songwriter mode. Great alt-rock sound. Uh, he plays guitar in the Paranoid style, used to play keyboards in Southeast Engine from Ohio, so he's got a pretty good pedigree, and that's coming out February 24th on Misery Records. Cool. Yeah, and then uh, we're actually, speaking of uh, Mars Jackson, his album's coming out on uh it's actually coming out his birthday weekend his birthday is uh may 4th it's where it's gonna come out may 5th is when we're gonna try to have the release party for that and we're actually we signed our first comedian too gabanesso uh she's recording an album on the weekend of january 13th and 14th at arcade uh comedy theater i don't know when this is gonna air so i don't know if the january plug's worth it but uh (laughs) Maybe. But, it, yeah, uh, it should. But, Actually, uh, it definitely will because I don't have anything else in the pipeline. So this will be up on Tuesday. Oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, people should come to when we when we tape, tape her album on January 13th and 14th. And we're going to do the album release at the Andy Warhol in uh, April. Cool. April 21st. Yeah, we we have another one at like this like June 2nd too. So we have like four albums planned for the first half of the year. Um, it is a bit of an undertaking. Um, so yeah, we're definitely keeping busy. <laughs> Awesome. A lot of work to do. Uh-huh. We 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 didn't talk nearly enough about Kanye. We just kind of oh, we touched definitely. on it. I feel like we could probably talk more and I'm sure we will. Thanks. But I think this is good for now. Fantastic. Well, I'm I'm glad you could Thanks come. Thanks for up. having me over the space with the <laughs> fancy light bulbs. What's this what's this co-working space called? It's called the beauty shop. The beauty shop. Yeah, right behind you there. Cool. All right. Yeah, feel free to come back anytime. We'll do. Okay. <laughs> and we are done. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Jeff is a great, great human being, working with a lot of really cool people, doing a lot of cool stuff with both Mizra, Wild Kindness, and everything else he has going on. So be sure to check all that stuff out. There's more than enough links and things for you to dive into i highly recommend all of it i'll be back again next week with another episode same time same place same channel you know the drill my name is sykes start the beat 2016 Woo! Woo! thanks for listening